0: You are are all welcome. Uh, Dr.
1: Mbava, I see you on the platform with with your team. are very much welcome the commissioners and the whole team. Uh, Darren, any apologies? No apologies for this meeting, Chairperson. No apologies for the meeting. Uh, Dr. Mbava.
2: Yes. um, Thank you so much. uh, Chairperson, we are on the platform.
1: Yes. So uh, now it's your, it's your turn. You are, you are welcome. then you'll you take us through with your team. Once we have okay. finished all of you, then you'll bring the meeting back to me. Thank you.:
2: Thank you so much, uh, Chairperson. Uh, good morning, uh, Chairperson and honourable members. Uh, it's a great pleasure for us as FFC to be here this, uh, this morning uh, with me. Uh, as uh, as the chairperson of the FFC um, with the commissioners, as well as the research team. Uh, We are here, members and chairperson, to comment on the 2022 Division of Revenue Bill and to share our views and comments. Um, There is a specific order to our presentation. Uh, First, the, the head of research will give a background and the technical team. We'll go through the presentation in detail. And then at the end, uh, members and chairperson, I'll come in to give a high-level overview. I now want to hand over to our head of research, who will give uh, the opening address uh, regarding the background uh, of our submission, Chen.
3: Uh, uh, Good morning, uh, Honourable Chair uh, and Members. I hope you are all well. Let me just uh, quickly share screen here. Okay. So, uh, again, as presented last, uh, Honourable Chair and Members, uh, the 2022 uh, budget, and within it, uh, this divisional revenue bill is uh, premised on economic and social recovery, while maintaining a sustainable fiscus, uh, can. So, 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 yes. Sorry, yes. sorry
1: just a second. Uh, honorable Kais, are you on the platform? Yes, Chair, I'm on the platform. Yeah, uh, the, the uh, connectivity is quite uh, challenging today. So if, yes. I, disappear, if, if I disappear, please, uh, can you uh, continue the meeting? I'll, I'll, thank I'll, okay, thank you. So, sorry for that, Chen, please continue.
3: No problem, Chair. totally understand. Um, As I was saying, this can, uh, this sort of uh, bi-directional approach, uh, dual-pronged approach uh, of uh, maintaining uh, economic and social recovery while maintaining a sustainable fiscal is, uh, this can uh, and must be uh, achieved uh, through productive division and reprioritization uh, across the spheres of the nationally raised uh, scarce resources, um, of specifically of the 41 national votes over nine provincial governments and among our 257 municipalities. May the committee, honorable uh, chair members, uh, be reminded that in our annual submission for the 2022-23 uh, Divisional Revenue, uh, that book, Um, table just almost actually, 10 months ago, we concluded with evidence research that it is improbable that the economy will return to pre-pandemic productivity levels uh, in the short term due to both standing and emerging risks uh, on both the supply and the demand sides. More specifically, uh, the devastating effects of the escalating inflation and unemployment Uh, the structural impacts thereof that depreciates and eliminates, respectively, uh, households, uh, citizens and fellow citizens uh, purchasing power to survive. With the official fourth quarter, uh, 2021 GDP data that just came out yesterday, sadly, our inferences uh, were proven accurate. Uh, Our economy, despite growth, uh, in the last quarter, has yet to recover the productivity lost due to the COVID and the civil unrest, and comparable uh, to a level uh, lost witnessed in 2017. Notably, the industry of electricity, gas, and water supply continue to be uh, the Achilles' hill uh, to our economy, as it was down the largest by 3.4% in that quarter, uh, with productivity hampered by low shedding without mentioning and uh, the infrastructure problems. So again, the both short, medium and uh, uh, long-term all seems uh, pointing down uh, towards uh, uh, a recovery that is uh, uh, most likely to be much more uh, longer and slower. Uh, than any projection. May I now hand over to my team and to take uh, take you through the submission on the 2022 divisional revenue. Um, starting though very briefly, just uh, have a look have a look at the size and shape of the pie for the division, uh, the fiscal uh, revenue. Uh, Sianda, if you please. Th-
4: thank you, Chen, uh, and good morning to honourable members and honourable chair. So what we are seeing is that uh, we are seeing a consolidated budget deficit, uh, which is projected to be at six percent for the 2022-23 uh, years, and that then narrows to 4.2 percent of GDP in the 2024-25 uh, 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 budget year. And what we are seeing as a potential threat to this to this uh, projection is that there is a narrowing tax base due to rising unemployment. And this will continue to put pressure on uh, 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 public finances. Secondly, what is uh, clear is that uh, we're seeing debt servicing costs will now exceed uh, 300 billion payers starting from uh 23 23 financial year. And it is becoming the fastest growing uh, spending item. And uh, we, we see that the increase in, in debt servicing cost will have a crowding out effect on social spending. This is especially in the context of rising inflation, uh, where we know that rising inflation will be followed by a rise in, in, in interest rates. And that means that the debt servicing cost have the potential to go higher again. Next slide. And looking at the allocations by economic classification, what we see is that over the MTF period, uh, capital payments uh, will receive an allocation of uh, 327.7 billion, uh, representing an average growth of 12.2% uh, over, the, over the MTF period. And we also see that uh, capital transfers will receive a total allocation of 260 billion, over the MTF period, which represents an average growth of seven point nine percent. What is more, uh, of course, a, a worrying issue in the budget is around the issue of compensation of employee employees. And we see that over the MTF, uh, the average growth of uh, uh, of compensation of employees will be at one point eight percent over the MTF period. Next slide. that over the o the mtf period the learning and culture uh uh function will will then uh, decrease by 1.1% and the social and development uh, the social development uh uh function also decreases by uh 2.5% uh, over the mtp uh, mtf period all oh, the the only uh the only uh, function that is is increasing over the MTF there are two in fact is the community development and the economic uh, development uh, function that are increasing over the MTF. Next slide. So, and uh, we note as the commission we note the the, the 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 windfall coming from a growth in in or a growth in output when it comes to uh, our mineral exports but we caution that uh, this growth uh, will not be sustained into the long run and therefore uh, expenditure commitments should be should not be made on the on the temporary windfall and we note also that the reduction that has been uh, proposed in terms of a percentage point to the corporate income tax but we say that it is important to understand what are the other drivers that drives investment if this a tax cut is 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 done to to uh, encourage investment its important to understand what will what other factors will drive investment next slide i'll hand over to uh, sasha to continue with the presentation
5: thank you thank you and good morning chair members of the committee and colleagues um, This section emphasizes some highlights from the 2020 2020- 2022 appropriation bill, so looking more at the national departments. And when we look at the bill in its uh, totality, it will allocate just over a trillion rand across the 41 votes for the 2022-23 financial year. Um, and when we compare this allocation to the revised estimates for 2021-22, this represents an increase of 3% in nominal terms. Um, and when we look forward across the, the um, uh, other years of the medium-term expenditure framework, we see that the positive growth that's being projected for 2022-23 will not be maintained um, in the year thereafter, so 2023-24. So the uh, additional revenue, um, the proceeds from the revenue windfall has allowed for some increases for 2022-23, but based on those projections for 2023-24, departments will definitely... Uh, uh, feel some cuts and uh, slower growth uh, over this in the second year of the MTF period. So, the next uh, the slide and the next two slides just um, touch on a few um, highlights from the uh, appropriation bill. Um, and we note that the largest allocation across the national votes is the social development um, vote. And there are three uh, key developments that drive the, the 2022, uh, 23 increases in that vote. The first is the extension of the uh, uh, SRD grant for another 12 months. Um, we know that this comes at a cost of $44 billion and has been enabled by the additional revenue. Um, The second development uh, will be the adjustment to the child support grant, which will be expanded to include double orphans. um, That will come online in 2023-24. Then the third development will be the linking of the social security grants to inflation, which will also happen in Um, 2023-24. The Commission supports these interventions to bring uh, relief to the poor and vulnerable um, would rely on these grants, especially given the detrimental effects of the, the COVID 19 uh, pandemic. Um, regarding the uh, permanent replacement for the uh, Social Relief of Distress grant, the grant, the Commission would like to note um, it notes the processes underway to identify a um, sound alternative. And for the Commission, one of the central considerations that should be kept in mind when evaluating the viability of any replacement um, is the long-run effect that's um, such a replacement would have on the sustainability of the we uh, move to the next slide please thank you um, the other area of funding that has benefited from the revenue windfall is like the higher education and training vote where an additional 32.6 billion will be transferred via this vote to the national student financial aid scheme and um, this funding will be used to continue funding existing bursary holders and to provide uh funding for new entrants into the system and here the commission uh just like to highlight the fact that uh the provision of bursaries to both existing and new students is not a temporary or one soft type of support um what it does is create a future funding obligation at the very least over the short to medium term Um, Thus, due consideration must be given to government's ability to sustain this level of funding um, over the medium term, at least. Um, If revenue does not recover, we'll see this uh, uh, Department of Higher Education and Training coming under severe pressure come 2023-24. But we do note that the Budget Review mentions that a new higher education funding model Um, is being worked on and is said to be introduced in 2023. So uh, we will await the contents of of that funding model. Um, uh, With respect to basic education, another key vote. We see nominal increases uh, over the next three years. But uh, of course, what is more important is what happens at the provincial level since that's where the delivery of basic education is located. Um, we note that there is some additional funding there to address the shortage of teachers. Um, uh, but I think my colleague Eddie will go into more detail there. Um, we also note the increase to the cooperative governance vote, which is one of the key drivers of um, growth in total allocation by vote. Um, and here we see an additional $28.9 billion allocated, and that's largely directed uh, at transfers to municipalities in the form of the local equitable share allocation. Um, then if we move to the next slide please um thank you uh, alongside the increased funding for social protection programs government has also utilized the additional revenue to improve funding to economic development departments um, and this funding is largely in respect of infrastructure investment and the notable allocations there um, is The additional 5.3 billion to the water and sanitation vote, and also uh, a 45.3 billion to the transport vote to address the backlog in upgrading and refurbishing the national non-toll road network. Um, On both these votes, we support them. Water is critical for health reasons, um, as well as economic development. Likewise, with, with transport, um, a good road infrastructure facilitates trade of goods um, and is also critical for economic growth and development. So uh, we support the targeting of funds towards these two votes, um, and the key there we think will be now those uh, infrastructure projects are rolled out. Um, you know, and they, it, we need to be uh, a way of uh, infrastructure management challenges that tend to. Uh, to be a, that have been a long-standing challenge that can really inhibit the, the possible gains that can be derived from, from infrastructure investment. Um, if we move to the next slide, uh, in terms of recommendations for, for this section, overall, uh, the Commission supports the government's decision to prioritise funding um, uh, largely towards social protection um, and economic development-based uh, votes. Um, But we need to keep in mind the temporary nature of this increased funding in in some of these cases and be aware that in some instances, such as higher education, um, that the additional funding for 2022 23 will create future expenditure obligations um, in certain sectors. And should revenue not recover, these sectors will then come under significant pressure over the rest of the MTF period. Um, so we would advise departments to be aware of this potential threat and to be proactive in devising uh, contingency plans to fund commitments um, should this should the need arise. Um we would also like to emphasize the need for for finalizing that higher education funding model with haste, so that we don't get to 2023-24 um, and, and 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 face issues with um. With uh respect
0: to funding uh learners in the education sector. Uh,
6: thank you. Okay, thanks uh, uh, Nastasia? Thanks, Honorable Chair. Um I'm gonna take you through the quickly through the provincial government allocation. So the the main issue really that is coming out here is it's really a story of um allocation stagnation and then what the uh, underlying um uh reprivatization really and which is almost um, in, inescapable because uh, uh, revenue is not increasing so what we see is that there's a two uh, almost two trillion in allocation that is promised for for prom- provinces over the uh the twenty twenty two mtf uh, period and what you also see is that between what was promised in the 2021 mtbs and what was allocated uh, to the provinces in the 2022 budget there is a a slight a very big improvement from the 658 billion that was projected now we see almost 682 billion but when you make when you compare that to the allocations that was made pre-covid we still far off from catching up. So essentially, that is the story of the stagnation that I'm talking about. The increase mainly is to deal with the um, shortage of teachers, uh, learner support material. So over time, because of this uh, 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 relentless consolidation uh, on provincial budget allocation, the result is that we're now sitting with a shortage of, of teachers because provinces are unable to to have resources to finance the teachers, and it's also affecting the learners as well because increasingly we have seen there's a shortage of um, learner support material, and therefore, with the windfall allocation, windfall uh, revenue collection that we received uh, over the past year, there's been able to be some uh, some baseline adjustment to provincial equitable equitable share and and some conditional grants. Uh, so, but but what what we're also seeing here again is that. Uh, conditional grants are beginning to catch up with the pre COVID nineteen levels, but albeit the the, the 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 growth rate is very is very slow. The average growth of total conditional grants for the entry allocation uh, over the pandemic period is about six percent in nominal terms, but when you factor in inflation, that takes you to around one percent uh, in real terms. So when you compare the cost increases relative to the uh, nominal increase. So again, we really now this picture really just to show the stagnation that we're talking about. That despite the fact that provinces are increasing, provincial allocation are increasing, normally you actually don't see, uh, don't see growth in those in those uh, allocation. And the, the point we really like to 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 emphasize here is the need for provincial fiscal adjustment at the provincial level and also delivery adjustment. And through that adjustment, uh, the recommendation that we're making is that. Should, the provinces must identify selected delivery indicators and provide assessment of the service level. Our service have been affected between 2022 and the current financial year, so that we can monitor uh, where the the, the the impact has been most severe, so that when the resources come come back, we'll be able to redirect the sources to where the, 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 the services were affected more, much more severely. Next slide. And the other recommendation in respect to the Uh, The increase in the allocation, related uh, especially in respect of financing. Okay, sorry. I mean, this slide just shows the uh, the the extent of the of the adjustment that have been made to the conditional grant allocations so in the main that the main issue that we'd like to highlight here is with, uh, with respect to the changes that we've seen over time uh, being affected on the human settlement development grant relative to the objective of eradicating housing backlog so this grant has been really cut significantly over a period mainly because there was some also underspending but when you juxtapose that with the Countries' objectives of eradicating housing backlogs, It then tells you that there is some kind of disjunction between our allocations and our long-term development objectives. And the second one would be related to the agriculture uh, conditional grant, especially the Ilima and Casp. When we get the top graph, the allocations be the allocations, the, the allocations uh, uh, given to this particular grants are very very uh, minuscule, and and that again question again our 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 our. The, the relationship or the alignment between our goals for using agriculture as a recovery as one of the recovery levers for economic recovery levers uh, relative to the how much the these grants are being allocated again we are seeing a bit a bit of disjunction that needs to be corrected going going forward next slide Chen uh, the next slide is just to speak to the recommendation as I've already mentioned that one of the things that we we the commission feels strongly about is that we we need to know how service delivery has been impacted as a result of this uh, relentless consolidation, but also the COVID nineteen impact on the on the on the revenue. And we can only do that by identifying selected delivery indicators that we you know they've got very they've got serious impact on our long term development outcomes. And we report provinces must report on those on a regular basis so that we we'll be able to redirect resources there as a money is needed. And then lastly is that given the fact that there's been some additional allocation made in respect of the, the teacher and this has future funding obligations, we just say that there should be uh, in the future, budget allocation must be mindful that those uh, uh, funding obligations, which with future funding obligations must be taken care of. and in, Because if you don't do that, provincial uh, budget will be severely uh, affected, think will be actually destabilized because of that. Thank you. Let me
0: uh, hand over to my colleague, Namonde. Namonde, um, power
7: mute. Um, morning, thank you, John. Um My Microsoft outlook is very slow. My apologies for that. Morning, honorable members and colleagues. I will take you through to the uh, local government division of uh, revenue uh, bill, just to to give uh, context that uh, we are of the view that 2022 will be a challenging year for municipalities uh, due to the political landscape that has changed, where we see uh, that there are hung municipalities as well as uh, coalitions. which uh, will, if not treated carefully, it can affect the delivery of basic services uh, to the households. We also uh, noted that while these changes are taking place, it is against the backdrop of COVID-19, which we know that it has amplified the challenges that have already existing at the local government in terms of access to basic services, such as water and electricity. Uh, We are also noting uh, uh, also the financial distress that municipalities have been under, which is over 68%. In addressing some of these uh, challenges, the Commission notes and welcomes the review of the local government capacity building system, which started in 2021, where its implementation is envisaged for 2023. The Commission is of the view that such initiatives will will enhance municipal performance and move the local government sector forward in terms of quickening recovery. Also, another welcome development in the local uh, development is the uh, local sphere, is the strengthening of all municipal uh, revenue through the development charges, which plays a critical role in financing infrastructure uh, related projects and uh, boosting the economic growth, the Commission welcomed this approach as it as it aligns with the FFC 2021 submission of the Division of Revenue, where the FFC advocated for supplementary revenue for municipalities, so as to supplement their own revenue. The Commission further uh, would like to stress that these reviews should be synchronised with the district development model, which seeks to address uh, the critical issues uh, faced by the municipalities. Next
0: slide, please. Uh, This
7: slide, uh, it it just shows uh, over the years, starting in 2018, 2019, The the share of the LES, the local equitable share, which has increased uh, over the MTF uh, from 9% in in 2022 23 to double digit over the MTF uh, compared to the previous year, where we know that we have fiscal consolidation. The FFC is of the view that in order for municipalities to fulfill their uh, constitutional constitutional mandate of providing these services, they will need to improve on their efficient spending uh, with cooperative governance support from the two spheres of government, which is the national and the provincial government. Next slide. Here, uh, this also uh, is about uh, the local government uh, funds which are divided into the equitable share, the conditional grants, and the general fuel levy. The total local government transfers will increase over the MTF by 4%. Uh, mainly, the increase is in the LES, which indeed has resulted in a positive real average growth uh, rates over the, the MTF. The Commission welcomes the uh, government efforts of keeping the LES growth above inflation through the increased uh, allocation. Uh, the positive real growth of the LES will go a long way in off offsetting the ever-increasing cost of basic services, thereby enabling the sector to provide basic services to the poor. Also, uh, the FFC notes the steady positive real growth rate on conditional grants over the MTF, uh, which is uh, in line with government efforts of infrastructure-driven economic recovery. Although in the outer years, the Commission also notes uh, some negative growth rate of in the conditional grants. Uh, which uh, have the potential of defeating the purpose of the infrastructure-led uh, projects. Next slide. Uh, here, this is, uh, here, we took the, the three uh, local government transfer window, which include the infrastructure grant, we compared it with the capacity building grants and the equitable share formula. The figure uh, shows a steady decline in real growth rates of the infrastructure grants over the MTF, while the capacity grants are at a standstill and even recording negative uh, growth rates in 2023-2024. The Commission notes the long overdue reviews of capacity building systems and infrastructure grants undertaken by government as I've indicated earlier Previously, the Commission recommended the need for conditional grants with a similar purpose to be to be streamlined so as to maximize efficiency. We can see in this graph that the infrastructure grants over the MTF will decrease and even uh, record negative growth rates as well as the, the capacity building grants. So the FFC is of the view that uh, these conditional grants, if they are they are consolidated, it can maximize
0: efficiency. Uh, next slide.
7: Uh, In terms of the conditional grants, uh, there are additions to the baseline on uh, direct conditional grants over the MTF of of, of over 3 billion. Uh, These consist of the uh, Neighborhood Development Grant, the Public Transport Network. The Commission welcomes the additions of these infrastructure led grants as they are in line with the Economic Recovery Plan. Which uh, set through the infrastructure-led projects so as to boost economic growth and employment opportunities. However, during the 2022 MTF municipal uh, grant baseline, are expected to be reduced by over uh, one billion, which is made up of 875 million from direct uh, conditional grants, as well as 145 million from the indirect grants. Uh, grants. These reductions to the baseline grants are due to under and I concern. They are made of the public network grant, the energy efficiency demand grant, uh, the indirect component, which is the regional park infrastructure, as well as the integrated national electri- electrification. And these grants are reprioritized, meaning that uh, these funds are used elsewhere. The Commission is of the view that there is a reduction. They send a, neg- a negative signal to what the uh, government is trying to accomplish by investing in the infrastructure-led uh, projects so as to boost growth and employment. Uh, in terms of the recommendation, the Commission welcomes uh, government efforts to keep LAS growth above inflation. as uh, The Commission is of the view that it will go a long way in, office- in offsetting the increasing cost in basic services, which in turn will allow for delivery of basic services to take place. Commission notes and welcomes the reviews in the capacity building system and infrastructure. The Commission is of the view that such initiatives will enhance municipal performance and move the local government sector forward, as well as quicken the recovery process. And Also, the Commission would like to stress that these reviews uh, should be synchronized with the the current developments taking place with the DTM, which seeks to address uh, the critical issues of municipal finance service delivery failures. Lastly, the Commission stresses that municip- municipalities uh, must improve the efficiency of spending. And in order for them to be able to be, do that, there should be a cooperative support from the national and provincial spheres. Which would also in, uh, include the monitoring, the reporting, and the evaluation, so that municipalities are able to fulfil their constitutional mandates. Uh, thank you. I will pass on to my other colleague. Uh, Eddie, please. Okay. Yeah. All
0: right. Thanks. Uh, no
6: Mm, yeah, the 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 section uh, chair really. If you we went to into the budget, I mean, before and after the budget, there were concerns about whether what is the overall fiscal stance of the of the budget, whether it is pro growth, or is it pro poor, or is it um, the overall stance was just about uh, stabilization. And uh, for the commission, the the main issue here is that the the is really. Uh, neither here nor there, because all these objectives uh, really need to be addressed through through the budget. And uh, we are of the view that the 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 government's uh, response to COVID nineteen pandemic really holds uh, lessons for a more balanced and synchronized approach to to recovery while also maintaining a uh, stable fiscal finances. So, if you remember, uh, just after the COVID nineteen uh, hit South Africa. There was a, a number of interventions that were introduced and uh, the, really the approach was three-pronged in the sense that the main issue firstly was to overcome the COVID health crisis uh, through a number of interventions, such as social distancing and, and inoculation and test measures, which really was to, direct, to protect, uh, protect the life. And secondly was the, uh, the, the need to protect the livelihoods in the, in, in the face of the devastating income losses when people were losing their jobs. There were a number of interventions that were introduced there again to deal with uh, the, the, the the potential like devastation and, and lastly the needs to support business uh, uh, with a number of, uh, of interventions such as tax deferrals operational loans and, and payment holiday. So all, all these interventions, I mean these three uh, approaches in, in in our in the commission's view, it's it, they are mainly really about balancing you're ensuring that there is recovery. There is uh, fiscal sustainability, but there's also uh, social social stability. No objective is more important than the other one. And what we see in the 2022 budget, we continue to see that kind of uh, approach continuing, which should be applaud uh, uh, applauded. Uh, uh, in that, there is uh, almost 1.1 trillion that is being allocated for what is uh, regarded as the social wage uh, uh, social wage programs, and there's also some uh, some policies instruments which have been introduced to to improve uh, consumption and, uh, in the sense that uh, there have been deferrals on the increase for the rafa uh, levy uh, that means the pocket um, money into the pocket of households but then there's also a, a CIT cut of one percent. That also means more resources, more money into the pockets of the of, of companies, which would, uh, in the long run, boost investment because companies may likely like may likely to to use that seed, that uh, that windfall to 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 reinvest uh, into the further expansion. Uh, but but what we really want to know, here is is that the bidirectional impact of this intervention of the economy need to be really well understood. Uh, to inform the national fiscal framework uh, going going forward. In other words, the fiscal stance for the for the next financial year, for the following financial years needs to be much more synchronized so that we know whether we are prioritized, we prioritize recovery first so that there is more growth in order to finance our social our program or Should we continue with the stance of maintaining stability first, while making sure that there is growth, but in the long run knowing that we will still be able to afford our social problems? So we need to understand all these dynamics uh, much more through uh, through uh, rigorous uh, research uh, 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 (coughs) that that partly made by the by commission, but also uh, the 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 ministry of uh, finance. Next slide. So the so, in in regard to some of the intervention that has to deal with the uh, the the economic recovery, especially in respect to the expenditure for economic recovery in the budget, we are of the view that there could be some improvement in the way in which the uh, the expenditure are allocated for economic recovery, especially uh, regard especially considering the fact that this needs to be informed by the economic recovery and reconstruction plan. So. One of the issues that we identified, the, the weakness, perhaps, that we identify with the budget, the linkage between the budget allocations and the economic recovery and the construction plan is that when you look at what has been identified as the key levers for recovery in, the, in this plan, which is infrastructure rollout, and localization, 3 industrialization, and food security, uh, among other things. And when you look at the at the allocation at the, at the at the budget vote level, you almost see again that kind the, the kind of disjunction that I have spoken about when I was speaking about the local provincial allocation. Number one is that most of, of infrastructure spending is marred with delivery and management deficiency. That is. A, a, the commission have made numerous submissions to to this committee, especially with to the, the problems being experienced with infrastructure spending and the drag it places on the economy. Because if you don't complete projects on time, and you have to reallocate resources uh, to to the same projects because they they, they are they are associated with uh, poor workmanship, it, it then means that you're 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 really putting a drag on the economy because you don't necessarily. Uh, 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 get the benefits, the dividends of that infrastructure of, of the infrastructure allocation. And the second is that when you look at the manufacturing incentive program within the, the DTIAC, the Department of Trade and Industry and Competition, over the the the, the 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 MTF allocation, what you see is a is a negative decline, is a is a decline in the allocation for that particular program. Whereas the the economic and reconstruction recovery plan uh, 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 identify that program as one of the priorities for for, for for recovery. And, and, and the other one is the, <clears throat> with the, the food security program within the Department of Agriculture and Land Reform. Again, we also see that kind of decline. Again, when we look at what the economic recovery and the construction plan says, can you, you almost see that kind of disjunction going forward. So it's almost like a, a, a theme that we identify in the budget around. Uh, 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 linking of the budget with the uh, linking the the budget allocations to the uh, overall uh, uh, economic <coughs> uh, or developmental objectives, so we don't see that linkage, and and that needs to be improved uh, uh, going forward. Now, the other <coughs> point we really want to I, I <coughs> caution with respect to the to to recovery is with respect to the infrastructure fund that has been set up <coughs> as one of the key levers for. For recovery now there's a hundred billion which has been allocated for it to the for the infrastructure fund <clears throat> but one of the issues we'd like to point is that it this fund must operate within the confines of the of, of igfr principle in respect of equitable distribution of the projects and and being assigned to robot. the fact that the, the infrastructure fund is being assigned to the to the to the dbsa for instance it means that we need to be careful or to monitor how that the allocations, because they will mainly be driven by the private sector, so that the project will be equitably distributed across all the provinces, so that your recovery will be much more even. You don't have one one region growing faster than the other because of the, the distortions that is being brought by the by the your by, by the the budget through the infrastructure fund. So that is just one of the things that we like to caution going forward, and, and should be looked at. Next slide. The here is just just to give an indication of the disaggregate uh, uh, disaggregated uh, budget allocation for infrastructure for economic uh, for economic expenditure. Now, when you look at that economic regulation infrastructure uh, account for a much bigger share, which is about 52%. percent. What is not very clear is what what is this type of infrastructure because. The, the, the different type of infrastructure responds differently to um, impact growth uh, differently. So again, in in the manner in which we make allocations, we need to be mindful of, of making greater allocations to infrastructure that, that is much more supportive to to growth. Now. The, the commission here in respect of this uh, uh, of this particular issue of balancing recovery and sustainability documents that the budget process for 2022-24 must focus on aligning allocations to the economic recovery and the construction plan uh, which may have been informed by the comprehensive budget process but also the expenditure reviews but also not forgetting the papers that i have already spoken about with respect to what informs the overall uh, fiscal uh, stance. Uh, in conclusion, Chairperson, I will try to be very brief. Uh, the Commission uh, supports the budget to, the budget for 2022, uh, and, and in particular, the continued commitment to to consolidating public finances, but all, by also providing support for the pandemics responses, job creation, and social protection. Now, there are a few issues that the Commission would like to highlight, and the first one is that. The commission is of view that uh, it, is purpose, it is probable that the economy will return to pre-pandemic production levels, and therefore, going forward, we need to be mindful of the uh, budget commi- of the allocation that have got future uh, uh, fi- uh, financial commitments on either provinces or local government that may destabilise their their budget. And with respect to revenue and tax policy, the commission support government's approach of focusing on broadening the tax base, uh, also improving the administration and lowering the take the tax rate but the issue of lowering the tax rate as my colleagues have already mentioned we also need to be understand really carefully what are the implications what are how how do firms respond to the lowering of the taxes considering the 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 context of the south african economy do firms necessarily invest when when the taxes are are, are lower or do they actually uh, put that money into into their profit that is something that needs to be investigated going forward so that it involves it informs our fiscal our fiscal framework going forward uh, thirdly is that the commissioner comes to the commission's decision to use portion of the revenue info to lower the gross borrowing requirement and, and reduce the debt and uh, uh, next slide check. I'm, I'm trying to to <clears throat> brush through the points uh the the, the the fifth one is that the commission approached efforts uh, and outcomes associated with governments' attempt to stimulate employment through numerous interventions. But as uh, 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 I think my my colleagues have already mentioned, but also what we also need to highlight here is that there there is a need for really more rigorous evidence uh, with related to this particular program to to really uh, understand whether the 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 to understand their impact on. On job creation and also the expenditure patterns with respect to the, some of this particular problems, as we have had um, uh, last week, that uh, some departments which were earmarked for uh, for this uh, type of uh, job interventions actually returned the money to the national treasury because the programs were poorly designed or they did not understand just where to use the money uh, with respect to job creation. So again, it's, like it's an issue of planning but also aligning your your, your long-term objectives with your resource allocation so that you don't put resources where you actually don't need them because you your plan you, you do not plan to use them properly next last slide uh, the uh, last slide jefer said is really with respect to the pro- the progress towards uh, the goals of economic and social development along uh, social stability the commission
0: here is
1: of the view that the budget has
0: historical
1: is thirdcen. Just a second, just a second. Uh, can I request everybody on the platform to mute the mic, please, uh, it is uh, disturbing. Please mute your mics, thank you. Sorry, continue. All right,
0: yeah. Uh,
6: the last point, Chairperson, is just with relates to the the this uh, uh, balancing of economic and social recovery going forward here with the fiscal sustainability. So the commission is of the view that the budget for two point four two for twenty twenty two has placed strong emphasis on a purpose centred and social theory by allocating one point two by 1.1, three by one point one trillion over the of the total budget to social wage development. But again, as I said before, is that going forward we need much more informed fiscal framework that would have been informed by the papers by a rigorous research that tells us which one should be prioritised first. because we seem to be uh on the as we as we seem to have spent quite a lot of resources on the on the so, on, on the social part and while neglecting uh the, the economic cover. Much more emphasis on infrastructure obviously is required but also there's also a need to deal with those uh infrastructure management and delivery costs. going forward. But also the main issue here is that it doesn't matter how how generous the budget can be if your uh, your objectives are, your priorities uh of spending are not aligned with your overall development objectives you are unlikely to to meet your long-term developmental goals such as your job job creation and growth so that really needs an emphasis and it's something that cannot be addressed through the budget but through the through the national budget but through the budget that is being tabled by the different votes uh, going forward and um, i think would have made or a, a rem- be remiss of my, on myself to have uh, to neglect to speak about Corruption and the fiscal mismanagement that we continue to see in the in the budget. So if we don't address those and uh, uh, if we don't address those, the outcomes of the budget will continuously be negative because the money that is being supposed to be used for a social programs is siphoned uh, through fiscal man- management and um, and corruption. Chairperson, let me forward over to to uh, Chairperson Baba to
0: make concrete remarks. Thank you very much. Dr. Mbava, are you muted or what? Just <coughs> are still muted, Dr. Mbava.
1: We can't hear you.
0: That's better.
2: Thank you so much uh, to the research team. Uh, thank you so much uh, for that presentation. Uh, that is the extent of our presentation, uh, uh, Chairperson. I think I have been largely covered here by the yeah. team. Uh, through the concluding
1: remarks. Honorable so members, please mute. To... Please Thank you.
2: And so I want to hand back to you, Chairperson, for any further deliberations on our presentation. Uh, the Commission will take any questions.
1: Thank you, uh, 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 Dr. Mbaba. Um Honorable members, here's the presentation from the Financial and Fiscal Commission. Uh, let me get indications of the oral members who would like to interact, ask questions, make comments about uh, the issues raised by a uh, fiscal and uh, financial and fiscal commission.
8: Yes. One question for me. One question for me.
1: I'm listening,
0: members.
9: And we'll
0: be calling. Are you still there, Chairperson? Yo, I'm worried because I'm about to shoot. Uh, okay, Honorable uh, Peters, Romlins, and Romdi Dikhale. in our honorable member. I <coughs> saw. <coughs> honorable Kaiso, Honorable Matafa. OK. Uh, you know how we do it, Honourable Members.
1: We have got maximum five minutes to raise the issues. So I will I will start with Honourable Peters. Honourable Peters, please come in.
10: Thank you, Chaperson, and thank you to the Honourable, I mean to the FFC team. Chaperson, uh, in the next five minutes, we'll be short uh, load sharing. I'll, I'll quickly go into my questions. Uh, I, I just want to find out from the FFC, they're taking into consideration the fact that the country is only eight years or so away from the Vision 2030 NDP target dates. What, in the opinion of the FFC, needs to be done to put the GDP on the above 5% target that is envisaged in the NDP? And then Chairperson, in the opinion of the FFC, when will South Africa uh, or the South African government safely be able to implement a basic income grant and uh, for that basic income grant to be sustainable, at what level should the tax brackets be placed and what is the impact of this uh, PIG going to be on the economy? Another question related to the NTP chairperson is the fact that, as at present, we support about three point one nine seven eight two two children, which is almost three point two million children in each city, and a three point six billion target by twenty twenty four. In the opinion of the FFC, is government adequately funding the provision of early childhood development services? I'm raising this because, Chairperson, early childhood development is very important as a foundation for children. We've been informed that children who go through good quality ECD don't actually drop out of school before matric. So it is important for us to hear that. In the Minister of Finance's speech, he raised the alarm of 175 municipalities of the 257 which is about 68% being in financial distress. Does the Division of Revenue Bill support the local government sphere to remedy this situation? Or is it likely that there will be an increase in the number of municipalities with unfunded mandates or inability to, to be able to deliver services? That means to be in financial distress. And uh, uh, Jefferson, when does the FFC think that the province and municipalities will be able to harness their own capacity to raise own revenue? For example, for provinces, the patient uh, 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 fees, as well as vehicle licenses, and municipalities focusing on surcharges, on services and rates and taxes. I believe that it is important That we consider the fact that, for example, in the Northern Cape, we've been informed that about eighty-two percent of the provincial equitable share is uh, spent on salaries. This is truly not sustainable. I believe that if the FFC can go into all other provinces, they find that this problem is actually widespread. Does the FFC support the notion of service service providers? That is consultants from other provinces to remotely supervise EPWP as well as CWP. Is there value for money in this, in this service? Providing income for the most needy, but while money goes or the most of the money goes to these consultants. Because I believe that it is important that municipalities can rely for uh, cleaning the community and the environment on EPWP and CWP. In many of our towns, CWPs make a, a, a vegetable gardens and they support a, a food kitchens or soup kitchens. So it, it it is actually an important service. But unfortunately, they don't have good quality supervisory services. And communities see them as people just sitting under trees, or drinking coffee
1: and and and, and smoking the whole day thank you cheperson thank you honorable peters honorable please come in
8: uh thanks chaperson i've tried to stand where you said i should I am
1: i audible and you are, so, are so clear um say
8: my shepherd uh, it's just one question for me, Chairperson. You know, the SSC raises a, a fundamental issue on the reduction in uh, direct conditional grants. Uh, now, particularly with related to public transport network, of course, others, your energy efficiency demand, the regional bulk infrastructure, you know but 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 my question here is there has been consistent understanding on these projects for some time now, and we have been crying uh, around this situation. and uh, pro pro projects haven't been implemented whilst there has been funds due to in incapacity to spend. Uh, challenges. Now, how should government respond to this uh, challenge of incapacity Uh, to to, to give realization of the practical uh, expression of uh, the commitment to invest in infrastructure projects? I'm raising this because Even yourself, you have been raising this for the past years. We can't afford the situation where there would be uh, these cuts. Uh, Whilst we understand that our people need uh, the infrastructure-built projects for many reasons. One, to actually invest in infrastructure, and two, for for economic uh for for economic you know uh reasons your economic renewal your economic you know input into our people and all that but now there is this incapacity to stand. what what is the take uh, of ffc in this regard it, it's just that one thing perhaps let, let me let me person because i th- i think i still have time let me also talk about uh, the, the, this SRD. Put uh, the question by Honourable the other way around. That concerning the permanent replacement of uh, the, the SRD grant with the basic income grant, uh, what, what do we see uh, from the FFC uh, perspective going forward? Do we see uh, the ultimate increase in grants, where the the, the minister was saying for now, there hasn't been uh, increases, Uh, no, not grants, I'm sorry, Uh, in in taxes, don't we see the the ultimate increase in taxes, where uh, this financial year, we don't see taxes and uh, if if that is not the case, uh, how then would be the generic economic, uh, you know, well-being of the country do if we continue with uh, such grants in the form now of the basic income grant without increasing the taxes? Thanks, Chairperson. Thanks, thanks. Thank you,
1: Honorable Mlenzana. Honorable Tikhalle, please come in.
9: Uh, thank you very much, Professor, and good morning to everybody. Uh, let me join my colleagues in welcoming the presentation, and also to say that I have noted two things that I want to to comment about. Uh, the first one is on the issue the issue of education. Uh, the department is welcoming the increase of funding for education of which you also uh, join them in welcoming the increase <clears throat> but then Cheperson, uh my mine was that uh, we so wish that the the money is allocated should be spended for 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 the schools when we do our back to school campaigns or school visits uh, the, 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 the educators are crying about the shortage of resources uh, in the classrooms.
8: Honorable
1: uh, 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 members, please mute. Please mute uh, what is typing, Honorable th-
9: Thank you very much. Eh? uh i I was saying they they complain about this this uh, shortage of resources the classrooms and also shortage of educators so i'm sure this money is going to to assist the schools to do the the correct thing or the departments so maybe chair uh, in our capacity as this committee we can sometimes invite the Department of Education, and talk to them about these issues. Uh, the other thing is that uh, uh, the, department, the Department should assist us, I don't know, with monitoring. Because every time we hear the issue that the money has been allocated, but they were not spent. Uh, I think if, if justice can be made, uh, this money is too much to do the work. Uh, The other point that I want to talk about is the issue of municipalities. Uh, I want to welcome the efforts because this will protect our municipalities. And this is enough pool if one is looking at it. But then chair, uh, the, the municipalities is like they are focusing in the urban areas because they the services are just moving like nobody's business but when you come to the uh, rural areas there is a problem Uh, maybe i don't know how really i can raise this but what must be done is that uh, uh, the rural areas must not be forgotten as we do our oversight visit we must make sure that we emphasize this to the municipalities, uh, the rural areas, when you visit them, the roads, just the problem, water, well when it comes to to the issue of, oh, in our areas, that one is just luxury. Like we don't even talk about it. It's not happening in the rural areas. So my worry is that this allocation is too much. Can we make sure that at least there is a share for, for uh, and I mean, we are talking about equitable share. Can it also uh, happen in the rural areas? Thank you, Chair.
0: Thank you, Honorable Tehale. Honorable Kaisa, please come in. Thank you very much, Honorable Chair and uh, members at the public platform.
1: Thank you for presentation made by FFC. Uh, Chair, I've been listening carefully during the presentation. Uh, just before I go to that question, but I want to draw the committee's attention to the, uh, the slide number twenty-eight. It has a number of recommendations there, and then also what the FFC finds, uh, you
0: know uh, so uh, it is issue that is related to economic
1: recovery and water is very very much important because if I listen very well that is the central uh, theme of all the subjects and uh, when it's when it comes to economic recovery so the sooner we attend to those areas which are impediment, or it's, it's a, it's, it's, or let me say it, sound, it sounds rather contradictory when we, we talk about uh, uh, you know growing the economy but not focusing also on the the economic recovery function uh, which is malaligned. It doesn't talk to to to, to what you are actually saying. So, uh, that, and and I I want to say, I want to think that FFC says we must then align our economic recovery function to talk to the ERP plan, economic recovery plan, uh, and then we will get a uh, good results. So. Other than that, it it, it it does seem to me that FFC wants us that now we find it very difficult to, to to see the economic recovery plan uh, going well if we don't align or adjust our economic recovery function uh, so that it, it 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 then respond properly to the to 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 the plan itself. Uh, Other than that, uh, I quickly want to go ask the the FFC uh, that uh, as part of responding to structural reforms, Operation uh, Vulinthela indicates importance of reforms in the water sector, and uh, I mean the water sector are dependent on strong regulation and establishment of water resource agents by 2023 what is what is it that the water resource infrastructure agency will do to the department of water and sanitation is unable to do in improving water quality and infrastructure right. and the second one chair is that uh, i think that the uh, my colleagues have already covered me
0: uh, i want to know uh, uh, I think Honorable uh, Debord did touch on
1: this one concerning the permanent replacement of the SRB grant with a basic income grant and the need to stabilize that over the medium term and reduce the budget deficit. What will be the impact of such a grant broadly on the economy as, as well as on our fiscals? <clears throat> So, Chair, let me pause at that stage and thank you very much for for this opportunity. Thank you, Honorable
11: Kaiso. Honorable Matafa. Thank you very much, Chair. Good morning to yourself, Honorable Members, Team FFC, as led by Dr. Mbaba. Chair, I request to keep my camera off. My system has been warning me of an unstable connection throughout. Chairperson, I just have a few questions that I would like to raise with the presentation, and we, I, I, I thank the team FFC for a brilliant presentation. My, my question, chair, will be on the issue of lowering taxes. That was covered in the concluding remarks. My, my interest is to to find out, chair, if whether is there any evidence that suggests that lowering taxes is one of the measures or reforms that will stimulate investment by the private sector. And I'm, I'm raising I'm this chair because, as I had indicated in one of our meetings, uh, it was stated with authority that about 6 trillion rands is held in banking accounts in the country as liquid cash, which could be invested in the... In the economy to assist the recovery and construction plan. However, corporates prefer to keep this as cash. Now, given the fact that it was also again raised that at the rate before reduction of the corporate income tax, South Africa is comparable to other developing economies, which are growing at a higher rate as compared to ours. Now, my question would be, is this the best measure that we can implement to attract uh, 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 investment by the private sector into the economy? And if yes, it's one of them, and there are others that we can consider, can the FFC maybe just share with us what other measures can we implement to ensure that there is an uptake from the private sector to uh, investing in the In the economy the, the second point uh, is on the issue of the number of municipalities in distress. I think comrade uh, Depo spoke to this uh, where the minister states how many are they now my question that is related to that point chair, uh, just to underscore comrade uh, Peter's point is based on the munip- municipal infrastructure grant which according to the presentation, uh, it stated that it will grow at 5.6% annually. Now, my question is whether, in the opinion of the FFC, has there been any view that this is efficient and effective in expanding service delivery? And how can this grant be used to ensure that the number of municipalities in distress are reduced the other point chair uh, okay the ECD one has been raised yes. I just had one other point
0: yeah the other point chair is on the issue
11: of um, housing and, and equal special patterns now, this seems to be persisting, and, and it, is, it is our view that it also contributes to issues of inequality. Now, the question is, based on the work that the FFC has done, are there any advices in terms of what needs to be done at both provincial and local government to addressing this particular issue? And have, any, have the conditional grant allocation been an effective instrument to address the social and economic challenges. Okay, I think most of my points have been raised, Chair. Let me let me pause here, Chair, for, for now. I thank you for giving me an opportunity to participate in the discussion. Thank you very much, Chair. Uh, thank you, Honorable Matafa. If I can just
1: uh, 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 check again. Honorable Peters, did you raise all your questions or do you still have something? Honorable Mlenzana.
0: I'm fine, Chief. Okay, thank you. No, Chapter, Jep- 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 I'm fine too. I'm fine. I'm fine, okay. thanks. Thank you, Rolde Hale. Okay, Honorable Kaiso. I'm okay, Chief. uh Matafa.
11: Maybe too, the, the last one It's on the issue of rising debt and the fiscal framework stance that we we have taken as a country Uh, where if it seems that fiscal consolidation uh, is not working to reduce debt is there any advice that the FFC can provide to government on what it can do to increase fiscal revenue and uh, ultimately reduce the rising debt burden for the country that would be my last one thank you very much chair
1: Thank you so much oral members uh, i take it there's no other member would like to raise a question chairperson
12: yeah i am attending four meetings with the chief i did put my hand up i think maybe you have not seen it now but i put it up a short while ago if you can give me an opportunity i'll appreciate it please come in honorable Sheikh. oh thank you very much uh, chairperson and my apologies for that it's difficult to attend a few meetings at the same time no problem um, Okay, Chairperson. My first question is: is 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 uh, uh, thank you to FFC for their presentation. I'd like them to explain to me that whilst we are extending the social relief grant, fees for another year and possibly longer, at the same time there's a 2.5 percent cut in the medium term in social development. What does that really mean? That's the first thing. The second thing is. Do you anticipate any further or additional success as we have now in the mining sector, given the fact that there's a war going on between Russia and Ukraine? Uh, Do you think that this uh, additional revenue that we're getting will be be able to get this for a much longer period than anticipated that might help us to come out of where we are? Now, another important question I want to ask Jefferson. FFC understands the challenges we're facing in the poor implementation when it comes to infrastructure, the high unemployment rate in the country, the large imports into the country, uh, the various corruption and looting, mismanagement, where you have to put in direct and indirect grants because people are not able to implement projects. Uh, a, A very great percentage of the people go hungry to bed. Given all that, and in the direction we are moving at the moment, can FFC boy be bold enough to tell us if we continue in the current form, where do they see us in 10 years' time, 5 years' time, 10 years' time, and 20 years' time? I'd like them to tell us what their prediction is if we continue the way we are. Now, my other question is, and I'd like you to explain the logic behind this, because maybe I don't understand it. Why would a country, and I'm saying this again, this, this Russian Ukraine war has is, is, is created an opportunity for us to look deeper into what is going on. We have so much potential in this country to grow our own wheat and things, but we uh, import most of our wheat from these countries. Now, why would a country want to import so much, so many different products that you have the capacity and capability to produce? Uh, to produce, you have the the, the human resource with such a high unemployment rate in the country, should we not be investing? Or is it something to do with the balance of trade agreements between countries or whatever? Maybe you can explain to me because I'm having a bit of a problem in understanding that. Then I wanna go to, and on that, another specific one. And I highlighted this yesterday, Chairperson, in a motion without notice on sugar. We have increased the import duties on sugar. And it means that our prices uh, are about 70% higher than the international price. Which means, and we did that, we increased the import so that it could protect the local growers. But the beauty of all this is that we are importing from Iswatini, which has increased over 60 million US dollars, which is almost a billion rand, Jefferson, in the last couple of years, because those are duty-free. And let me tell you the other part of it, Shokosmi. 50% of the shareholders of that Iswatini sugar is companies with a vested interest in South Africa, who are in the food industry, who clearly have an edge over even small food manufacturers in South Africa. Now, for me, it's a conflict of interest. It is not in the interest of the growers in this country, but it looks like it is there to benefit monopoly capitalists that have been in control since 2024 and uh, 20, 1994 and very little or nothing has actually happened about it now on the issue of and i i, I think one of the members spoke about uh, the procurement and the value for money we're singing the song chairperson every year without fail every time ffc has raised it pbo have raised it but we're not doing anything about it to make sure that we get that value for money what does ffc believe we should do differently who should take responsibility because nobody wants to lead the way in order to try and, and 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 ensure that you know we we do more with less given the situation we're sitting in now what do you believe is the impact and i think you may have answered this and i think you're saying it's not sustainable social relief grant what is the alternative given the fact that in this country we have forty-six million people on who need to be on some form of social relief to survive. Now, in the absence of of jobs and things, and we're giving them this, which is not good enough. What do you believe we should do differently so they don't have to rely on that? Because if they don't, they will die of hunger. Thank you, Chetos.
0: Thank you, honorable Sheikh, and other honorable member.
1: Okay. Um, let 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 me come in and, and 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 join the oral members in welcoming the presentation. Uh, FFC Dr. Mbava, and 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 their team. Um, here are my questions. Uh, the economy can only grow where growth is across all the sectors, particularly at the local level. How is the need to stimulate local demand and supporting the procurement of local products? Found expression at local level to support the value chains. Uh, Related to to that question would be, uh, do we think that municipalities understand their role uh, in the successful implementation of ERRP? And in in your view, uh, what should they do at that level to ensure successful implementation of erp i i hope you 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 you, you, you got uh, my my question <clears throat> the municipal infrastructure grant is an important grant to improve ba- basic service delivery roads social infrastructure for poor household especially non-metropolitan municipalities we said it, it is expected to grow at about 5.6 percent annually so the question is, how effective and efficient has this grant been in expanding service delivery and alleviating poverty in these municipalities? It's one thing to spend the grant, but at the end of the day, we want, we want to see the impact uh, on, 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 on the people, especially when you look at, at poverty. How successful has it been in alleviating poverty in these municipalities? There has been a, one of the criticisms of 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 the DDM, are uh, some quotas which has said, uh, introduction of DDM is like introducing the fourth layer of government. Uh, what, what, what's your
0: comment uh, on, on that? In slide 20, you talk about develop, development charges. Uh, exactly, what are we referring to there it's in slide 20? Yeah, you 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 make this point, and you have been
1: making it for some time that there's a need to uh off-streamlining uh consolidated grants with a similar purpose. I I take it you have raised this matter with national treasury, so I would like to hear from you. What is uh, National Treasury's take on 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 that? Because I must say I I I, I agree with with, uh, with 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 you uh, wholeheartedly when it comes to this because we find that there are a lot of these grants and you, they end up being dispersed and then we end up not being able to get the the optimal impact that would have had uh, where they streamlined. But I just want to check what is National Treasury uh,
0: saying. Uh, another question: um, the the
1: conditional grants uh, vis-a-vis uh, the direct allocations to provinces and municipalities. Uh, there's an argument which says conditional grants, uh, for all intents and purposes, they are national allocations. Um, do you think is this is the efficient and optimal way of of uh, dealing with the service delivery challenges in, in terms of conditional grants? The question is why is this money not allocated directly to to the sphere of of,
0: of a government that is intended to? Um let me see.
1: You refer to this increase in capital payments and transfers.
0: I just wanted to check that are, are those increases real or nominal? Um, what what is the difference between the
1: capital payments and capital transfers? You you talk about the capital payments and capital. Uh, transfers it was aiding in 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 the presentation yeah with with those uh, questions and uh, um, uh, uh, comments uh, dr mbava the commissioners and 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 your team uh, please respond to them you uh, um, they you'll bring the meeting back to me once all the questions have been responded to thank you
2: Uh, thank you so much, uh, Chairperson, and to the members uh, for the questions. Um, I would just want to just answer one question before I head over to the research team and the, and the commissioners to comment on the various questions. Um, with regards to the SRD, um, we know that this financial year we are spending $44 billion and we know that that forty four billion is a result of the unanticipated um, uh, revenues which we have uh, received, and so we're able to fund that. and the question is uh, how do we find how do we find a more sustainable solution uh going forward? And we know that um this grant. Uh, the SRD grant benefits 10.5 million people. So in the absence of this grant, 10.5 million people will be...
0: Doctor Mabuza, uh, apologies, uh, honourable chair members. I think
3: uh, our chairperson uh, has experienced some technical difficulties. If you allow me, um, uh, 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 the, uh, let the technical team come in first. Or if the Commissioner Mukadi, uh, I see him on the platform. If you will, will take over, uh, honourable chair.
1: Please do, uh, amongst yourselves, uh, as we said, that connectivity uh, is a challenge today. So um, just see how you uh, <clears throat> you move
3: amongst yourselves. Thank you. Thank you very much, Chair. Um, Professor?
13: Yes. Uh, thank you very much, Chair, and uh, greetings to honourable members. Um, um, just to continue with the flow of um, uh, the responses that we'd like to uh, Uh, give to the committee. I'd like to uh, uh, refer, if possible, to um, uh, a few questions that have been raised by uh, some uh, members of the committee. Uh, Honourable Peters, about the ECD. Uh, Yes, it's something that we agree with you that it is very, very critical and uh, something for which proper provision has to be uh, provided. Um, we do agree that if we do not sort out the issue of ECD, um, uh, it has uh, negative ramifications throughout the education uh, uh, pipeline, in the sense that we end up with uh, big dropout rates uh, in, in high school as well as eventually at university, which is very costly. In other words, it's much more costly to intervene at a higher level of uh, a system that has produced uh, weak or poor outputs, uh, rather than uh, invest um, at at ECD um, so that we we can then reap the benefits. And the studies do confirm. uh, throughout uh, the globe that indeed it's it's the best way to go uh, with regard to that. At the moment, you know we have already in our submission expressed uh, 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 concern that uh, the migration of ECD from uh, social development into uh, basic education should uh, be handled smoothly. And, and be given the priority that is required because if that is uh, not done then that would even add to the crisis uh, that whose ramifications can only be felt uh, way up in the value chain so we 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 cannot support you more on that and it's it's also something that honorable uh, mlenzan no no honorable khale has mentioned uh, about perhaps the idea of of uh, bringing over the Department of Education for uh, a discussion with the committee. And it's something that would be very useful, especially uh, in light of the the question of uh, how do we ensure that the quality of education uh, does bring the uh, necessary uh, results that can um, improve uh, the economy. The one other issue is the learning and culture allocation of uh, 389.8 billion. Um, uh, Whilst positive we for the uh, uh, 2021-22 is positive, we are concerned that in the MTEF, in the period 22 to 25, uh, it registers uh, a Negative minus one point one. Although this uh, affects other allocations, other functions as well, uh, we consent that um, uh, it is something that needs to be flagged. And it's only when the Department of Education is brought in uh, to ensure that uh, uh, how do we then obviate uh, the big issues of the dropout rates? uh, How do we obviate the issues of the catch up? Uh, the lost time that uh, Honour, honourable Peters has mentioned, and um, I'd also like to uh, uh, respond to uh, honourable uh, Matafa about the six trillion uh, that has been um, uh, that that he mentions is liquid cash that is held in reserve, um, with regard to the issue of the tax base versus uh, the tax rate. We have discussed this within the uh, the Commission, and uh, we, although in our submission, we support the the tax base uh, that's been broadened, uh, and and as a relief to uh, uh, the the, 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 the uh, society that is going through a, a difficult time at at this period uh, uh, during the COVID nineteen. Um, we we are aware that we're not really. Uh, a benefit as much as we should from uh, uh, tax rate reductions, especially with regard to the private sector, and 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 we do suggest uh, in a in a submission that it's something that needs to be investigated further. So we would uh, like to go deeper into that investigation and really assess properly, in terms of how far uh, we do benefit and what needs to be done about. Uh, a disincentive for people keeping huge amounts in reserves. Um, and, and of course, this also links up to uh, Honorable Shaikh about Shaik about the windfall, whether it's uh, uh, can be sustainable uh, can be sustained. We've already raised the caution that uh, uh, whilst we agree in terms of how the windfall is allocated. Uh, we are concerned that in future that might not be the case. Another time, we're not uh, aware that there would be this uh, uh, invasion of, of Russia in Ukraine, which results in huge, uh, 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 which results in huge uh, uncertainty about uh, commodity prices. So we, we we do agree that it is something that uh, also needs uh, to be flagged. Uh, We should not really relax on the windfall and the future does uh, provide that uncertainty. And the other issue that was raised about corruption, we have also uh, 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 expressed concern about this in our submission currently, but we have also dedicated a paper uh, to be released at a later stage that uh, has uh, uh, put a lot of, Um, uh, uh, resources into research about what uh, corruption and its cost to the fiscus. And uh, although we've not really uh, 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 undertaken a scenario planning in terms of 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, as Honorable Sheikh uh, uh, mentions, but it is is something that we need to indicate to show uh, where the weaknesses are and uh, whether it's on the part of political will or whether it is the instruments that are used to monitor and intervene, uh, at whatever the situation is. But uh, as soon as that uh, paper is completed, it will then be uh, released for the benefit uh, of uh, the committee and uh, and and the country. Such. Lastly, if I were to just uh, 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 go back to the issue of education, uh, we. It is also very, very critical that we we address uh, 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 unemployment figures that are continuing to to rise. And we realize that a lot of graduates um, are unemployed despite the graduations, I mean, despite being uh, uh, qualified at university. and, and we would like to flag the issue that uh, artisan trade, artisan uh, skills, as well as trade skills, as provided by the Tibet, are a very critical component that can contribute to uh, uh, job opportunities. If I were to mention, uh, we had had to import skills at the time when Middupi Power Station was uh, uh, being built. And, and, and for example, NL welding, which is something that we do not have in the country, and people had to be uh, 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 sourced elsewhere in order to come and fill those gaps. So, we need to ensure that the Tibet education output, in terms of quality and alignment to industry, uh, does provide a, a, the necessary uh, a, a support in terms of our economic development and uh, recovery. Um, If uh, Dr. Mbawa is is back, I'd like to hand back to her. And if not, then uh, maybe Chen could uh, um, uh, uh, take over and give over to the uh, researchers to respond to other questions. Thank you.
2: Thank you so much. uh, Commissioner Mokadi, I am back. My apologies. My network is not stable. Um, I would like to find out if there's any other commissioner who has a comment. Before I hand over to the researchers, Commissioner Sachs, are you on the platform? Do you have any comments?
13: I'm here, Chair. Thank you. Uh, but for now, I, I don't have additions. I okay. Think, uh, Commissioner Mokadi has covered me.
2: Okay. Thanks so much, Commissioner Sachs. Uh, Chen, uh, to you and your team, please.
3: Thank you very much, uh, Commissioner and Chair. Honourable um, Chair, your questions. Um, um, very poignant uh, let me uh, give it the old school try is that first how to stimulate uh, uh, economy I think if um, uh, you remember that uh, from our last uh, annual submission uh, we emphasized the approach of a product value chain and uh, the, 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 again uh, we revisit this uh, term, uh, the first word being the product is when we examine uh, sort of the economic growth plans, or you know the the sort of the ten year vision, twenty year vision, um, you know, from the Eastern countries as well as uh, across the globe. It, generally, uh, one would then com- uh, sort of compare that with the results, right, uh, years after, and you see that um, in fact the what made those growth or stimulus plans worked, were not how much they throw at the problem, how much money they throw at the problem. They, instead, it's more about uh, as choosing specific products and examining how that products link up with uh, other, uh, uh, other sort of intermediary or uh, primary or at, at the, on the opposite end uh, would be the final goods, uh, in that value chain. So, for example, um, if, for instance, in the uh, countries, uh, plastic, uh, they didn't actually start off with plastic. They started with polymer, and then thinking about is it synthetic polymer or natural polymer? Um, and then for another example, they didn't come to, or they didn't go directly to computer chips or, uh, or uh, you know, those microchips at the end, but. They started off with semiconductors, you know, uh, so so simple products uh, and and first as on its own and and the government obviously also intervened in such uh, through, you know, capital injections as well as incentives uh, for private sector to involve, uh, to be involved in that uh, stimulus sort of uh, stimulus plan. And, and for them to grow and, and but no, not through what we currently South have as which is sort of this um, a, a very big burden on the fiscus. Um, back then, there were of course uh, sort of initial capital injections, but since after that, you see this sort of migration uh, of the private sector away from government Uh, Because then you want the private sector to kind of thrive and grow on its own and be mean and mean, uh, lean and mean uh, in chasing after profitability and efficiency uh, for that, uh, for the economy to grow. And that's how big companies, Samsung, you know, uh, all those um, uh, major international companies started out uh, is uh, first government injection, but they they choose. uh, very specifically, uh, certain products examine how that uh, value chain link up with other uh, parts of the economy or the manufacturing process and so forth uh, to grow in that and if they don't uh, the, so the question is a uh, natural question is uh, what happens if um, you know that we chose a product but it doesn't have upstream or downstream uh, demand for uh, or supply uh, for that product, then they make their own. So, for example, back then, when uh, first uh, nobody uh, sort of internationally as well as locally, uh, the the demand is not enough for those polymers, and then they start, uh, you know, expanding their the the company would expand their operations into that uh, sector to uh, to to basically make plastic from the polymer they made, and then that's how the, uh, the you know sort of a multinational multi uh, billion rand corporation. Uh, uh, grow uh, and how they grow um, further to that. So taking all of that and uh, think in terms of municipalities and, and infrastructure grants as an example, um, I think uh, there needs to be an understanding that different spheres of government, and especially in the context of South Africa, have different, shall we say, duties and responsibilities when it comes to infrastructure. So when we say infrastructure at uh, the provincial level, that maybe it's more about you know buildings or uh, or schools, and social infrastructure. If, you, if in that sense, uh, if it's local government, it's basic services. If it's national, then I, I think a majority would be more on the administrative buildings. Uh, so so different spheres at different uh, you know that sort of nature of infrastructure. Um, so it's very difficult <clears throat> to to kind of wrap that all together and say in government infrastructure investment is is the best uh, uh, for growth um it's not that simple it's very complex uh, inside it's um uh, sometimes uh, the money don't gets uh, re- uh, really spent in the in obviously in the, in that definition uh and in that's uh, aligned to its function um so uh, to do with the uh, conditional grant consolidation, yes, this has been raised. And um National Treasury's response, the issue is that we have 257 of uh, municipalities. And in that, they've got districts, it's got metro, it's got local, and it's got rural-urban divide. It's also um, extremely diverse because it's a huge place, um, for, and for that many of the uh, municipalities um, and so, what happens is when we, when when one tries to co- try and consolidate the grants, um, you will find, you know, that you're very invariably more than likely uh, to 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 you know uh, get complaints uh, from municipalities, uh, certain municipalities who may have uh, the need for a specific, more diverse and uh, needs for that particular grant. So. Um, so it's very difficult to also just, say, cut it off right away. And so normally it works on the basis of sort of this at fixing it or changing it at the margins through expenditure reviews or, uh, or or changing it at the over the MTF or phasing it out or phasing it in uh, these grants. However, uh, uh, what that means also then is that uh, we're sitting with a lot of uh, you know redundancies uh and this sort of the very slow follow up of uh the cash onto uh those uh spending plans or uh, spending uh, of the municipalities and which brings me to the point earlier by honourable members um regarding uh who is holding idle cash and whose cash is uh, more idle um, yes uh private sector does hold cash. But I would invite you also uh, to go on the South Reserve Banks database and uh, measure and look at the net operating cash balance of all of the spheres, and including you know financial and non-financial institutions, <clears throat> and you will find that actually uh, government also holds a lot of cash. Um, and it all sits in um, you know various uh, financial instruments and transfers. Um, you'll see uh, Honorable Chair I'm trying to also answer your very good question about uh, capital transfers. Um, it's basically transfers that uh, it, the, through uh, national government transfer to maybe or intergovernmentally transfer to another uh, sphere of government or entity. Uh, to procure or to uh, in obtain acquire uh, capital um, and so or physical infrastructure or investments of the sort. Um, but what happens is that through those various instruments and also um, elements, uh, for for example, if it's provinces, um, you may more than likely find that uh, they're holding on a lot to some provinces, not all. Uh, hold on a lot of uh, provincial equitable uh, share money uh, that it doesn't that doesn't get surrendered uh, back to national like conditional grant does uh, after uh, the financial year end and then just measure those uh, those those uh, across spheres and you will find that uh, actually local government even some local governments uh, does hold quite a lot of cash at the financial year end and consistently on an increase over year. Um, uh, for provinces, as i said uh, you're more than likely to find equitable share money because it's uh, with uh, it is uh, not surrendered um, but more to do with the capital transfers is that you may wonder how do they sort of move this amount of idle cash between financial years it's precisely through instruments like capital transfers, and it's precisely also. In terms of capital payments, how do they do that? They basically tell National Treasury that we have a commitment over the next 20, 30 years for some major infrastructure investment projects, uh, and that will need, uh, and that is committed quote unquote money. And so you can't take that away from us. Um, so, so there's also a lot of that idle cash. I think between um, private sector and, and public sector, idle cash competition. I think um in the case of private sector, you if the idle cash does not generate well, let's say not idle, but they'd say uh, just redundant cash or liquidity sits on the balance book, on the balance sheet without generating um some uh fixed uh shall we say fixed income or fixed investment rate, 10 plus. Uh, you know, to at least handle or take care of inflation uh, or uh, and and, and the, uh, <clears throat> sort of and, and cost thereof, basically the cost of money. Um, the stakeholders are going to comply, all right? Um, not so in the public sector because the public sector it will be put in the provincial revenue fund or some municipal uh, bank accounts and at most at best maybe money markets rates which is like prime plus zero something or um unless unless they do active uh investments uh which is also not 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 uh permissible or it's frowned upon uh by the pfma um, um because it's because we don't want all the 257 municipalities, nine provinces uh, you know re- revenue fund um, to basically be running their own little investment big bank. Um, so so those are the uh, my little contribution. Um, other than that, if I may uh, hand over to my team to look at uh, the, the rest of the questions by especially on provinces, uh, the the broader questions as well as uh, municipalities in particular. Uh,
0: may I hand over uh, to Normande, please, uh, for the local government questions, please. Uh,
7: thank you, uh For my uh, network, which keeps on going on and off, May I please be allowed, Chair, uh, to answer without a video?
1: Please continue. Uh,
7: thank you. Uh, I'd I like to uh, answer the question you uh, indicated about what are development charges. Uh, development charges is uh, uh, it's mainly about uh, are used to finance land intensification whereby a municipality impose a once-off charge on a landowner applying for land development approval. Currently, uh, municipalities are not taking opportunity of this, so we are of the view that uh, if municipalities can take uh, this opportunity, they will be able as well to, to finance their own uh, priorities that they have. Perhaps one of the reasons that they are not able to do that is because the regulation has not been clear in terms of how do they go about uh, implementing this. Hence the draft on municipal fiscal powers and functions amendment bill, which currently is in the process of cabinet and parliament for their consideration. So we are hoping that once uh, this takes into effect, it will clearly lay out how municipalities can can go about this, as I've indicated in the presentation. Share that it's what FFC also recommended in 2020, 2021 as uh, one of the supplementary uh, revenues that municipalities uh, can use. I think I got cut off when you were talking about DDM. Uh, my my network was not clear, so I only uh, heard you saying DDM, but I didn't hear what you were saying. Uh, Perhaps a general comment on infrastructure grants, uh, which came from the Honourable Members as well as the capacity grants. We find that uh, at at these grants, there is a plethora of them at the municipal level. I think at capacity grants, we find that there are about 15 grants. Infrastructure grants, there are about 15 which are direct and indirect. Uh, uh, As FFC, we are of the view that uh, these grants should be consolidated. If it's water infrastructure grants, there should be one grant talking about water infrastructure grant. If there's electricity grant, there should be one grant because you find that now there's an indirect, there's a direct, uh, then you find out, especially in the indirect component grants, uh, the understanding has been poor, and FFC has indicated in the past that it should be used as a last resort. But we see that uh, now and then, uh, when the Dora changes are made, it sort of it will move. The grant will move from direct to indirect. But at the end, we are we are hopeful as FFC because the reforms that are currently taking place at the local government sphere, in terms of these uh, development charges, as well as the infrastructure. Infrastructure grant reviews and capacity grants, it, it's what FFC has recommended in the past that it should happen. So we, we, we are hopeful that these reviews will be taken into account as well as our previous recommendation that FFC has alluded to. Also, the National treasurer has indicated as well in our deliberations that when these reviews are taking place, they will involve FFC as some of the things that are currently taking place now in terms of the reviews are mainly uh, uh, happening due to the previous recommendation that FFC has,
0: has tabled in the past. Thank you, Chair. Uh, thank you, Chair. And uh, if I just want to ask uh, if uh, Sasha,
3: Siendo, and Eddie would like to say anything. Um, uh, whilst I did that, I just want to also say um, uh, make a broader comment because earlier this was raised about procurement. and I think uh, honourable chair members, you notice that uh, uh, recently we had a running to with um, and I mean we as government overall uh, running to with the uh, the judgments from uh, the uh, constitutional court regarding the PPPFA, uh, the preferential procurements. I think, um, for example, there in that particular issue um, is uh, quite devastating in the broader sense of the process and procedure and protocols of uh, essentially how government spends. Um, Because all the time, I think it's it's also uh, quite clear the government has uh, has become a bit of a assistant buyer rather than itself doing the work um and so this uh, is 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 quite devastating in 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 in, in the policy sense uh, of, of the procurement in that the the this um the BBE, uh elements of our procurement i <clears throat> i think it has uh, through that uh, that judgment also can see uh, the 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 repercussions that uh, or unintended consequences of that uh, process uh, in our procurements right uh, that it has um basically gives uh, those with uh, the the scoring 20 uh, 20%, 20% or more uh, on, the, um, on the on the on that rating uh, grading of uh, the procurements uh, i can attest to that, um that, even in uh, the, our own procurement of uh, FFC, uh, we see quite a few, uh, quite quite a few instances where, originally, um, <clears throat> with the BEE, we are literally paying almost this markup, this additional markup, um, on the uh, just to to give that preferential treatment, um, and, and of the total of twenty percent. Uh, markup uh for that so there is also and and now with that in suspend uh, in, in suspension because it has been uh withheld uh that uh, particular acts of the provincial procurements, um as well as uh, no new uh tender that is both rfq as well as rfp uh by governments um i think it, it definitely will have a, a, a very very uh, big impact uh, on the way government um spend and uh and, and and execute its budgets. um and and that that is one impact that um that i think as you see we will still go back uh, to think more about and observe and examine what exactly that impact is going to be but uh it's uh, possible that uh, in relation to this act in terms of compliance that there is going to be um, uh this uh, very uh, in, a large increase in the findings um because it's going to be warped the process is going to be or procurement is going to be warped uh, in between that confusion uh and and that's um murkiness in the in the procurement space um so honorable chair, those are our answers uh, to you, uh to and but further to that if you like uh, you can also uh, um, uh, um give us uh, sort of written questions and we will answer in writing as well.
0: Chair.
2: Before we hand over to the chairperson of the committee, uh, Chen, I just want to also uh, emphasize the issue around um, the management of uh, procurement, especially the poor project management when it comes to, uh, to government. Uh, projects. A classic example is the ESCOM uh, Medupi and Kosile built program. If you look back in 2014, uh, the project was estimated to cost 255 billion. It mushroomed in 2019 to 450 billion, largely due to uh Cost overruns, uh, poor project management, uh, lack of oversight, uh, lack of monitoring and evaluation. So, if we look at that uh, fiscal mismanagement, that uh, wastage, that is, um, you know, is not really adding value to uh, to taxpayers. That is money that could be used uh, with more value. Uh, in the in the in the economy, so I think what is important as well is to see how we can rein in um, cost overruns when it comes to uh, big uh, big projects uh, like mega projects, and also how we can institute more uh, monitoring and evaluation and proper oversight and have a tight belt and a rein on our public finances because that is where. We see all these fiscal leakages. So, um, if there are no further questions uh, or, or comments on on our side, I think I'd like to hand over to the uh, to the chairperson of the committee, and we can entertain further questions and deliberations.
1: Okay. Thanks, uh, 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 Doc, and the, uh, the, the 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 team. Uh, no Monday, you said you, you didn't hear my question about uh, the DDM. Let, let 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 me repeat it. I said there is a, a a school of thought out there who says that uh, uh, this DDM approach is is as good as adding the fourth layer of government. Therefore, it won't improve service delivery. So I wanted to hear what 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 your comment is, um, and then perhaps listening to, uh, uh, to 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 chain um, you, on your product value you chain argument so what I just wanted to check is uh, it's whether you you do interact with the DTIC um, and uh, what has been the, uh, the outcome perhaps of your interaction if you do inter, in, in, interact if you could just uh, 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 Com- comment on that <clears throat> um yeah i think that's 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 uh, what uh, from my side i still wanted you to, to comment on or members any other issues came up as a result of the
0: of the responses coming from uh, ffc none um please, please respond to that
1: and uh, uh, so I think, so before, just before just before that dr uh, uh, there was also a, a, a question um uh, around the the question of local government that, that we do they understand their role uh, as far as the economic reconstruction Recovery plan is 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 is, is concerned, and uh, I was saying that uh, from your side, uh, what do you think that the, the this level of government uh, should be doing to try and uh, uh, assist with the implementation of ERRP? Dr. Baba, back to you.
2: Thank you, Chairperson uh, Chen. Through through you, um, those are the questions from the honourable members.
3: Uh, Thank you, Chair. And uh, right, Uh, so regarding um, the product value chain, uh, we we have been conducting uh, research of our own, looking at um, just exactly where is our uh, trade product's uh, advantages in the in the broader sense, and as well as uh, uh, in the trade terms. And obviously, due to COVID nineteen as well as other disruptions in the markets, it's. Yeah, you know, it, it's quite um it's quite difficult um because uh, one has to think uh, are we saying uh if we're going to focus on the uh, environments uh, before covered or um, looking at now uh, this there seems to be uh, yet another um a shock uh, to the uh, to the uh, layout sort of the, the global layout of um of this uh, chain and any relation of course uh, to the um to the Conflicts that is happening in the northern hemisphere. Um, I, I think uh, on on that note, um, we will uh, we will go and engage uh, with your um, blessings uh, to uh, the Department of Trade uh, and Industry, um, and uh, and, see, and perhaps we can collaborate on that front. Uh, with regards to DDM, uh, if I may, um, the idea is is um of the ddm um it's it's it, it makes sense uh because earlier already and through the uh, deliberations uh, quite clearly um it, we have a very diverse uh, portfolio of uh, municipalities and and all of, the majority of them also um answering your question honorable chair um do they know um the thing is even if they know uh, they it, most of them don't have the capacity to. And this is, comes from even the simplest form of just spending a grant money or understanding the grant framework to spend money, uh, the grant money. Um, they are struggling with that um, already. Um, so it would be difficult to, and,
0: and also a bit of um, uh, extension non-IOPIC, strategic sort of growth plan.
3: Um, So normally, and and also across the globe, then what one sees is that obviously national uh, or sort of the regional governments would uh, give that support uh, to give that sort of a nudge in the right direction uh, to say, oh, here you have a great piece of land uh, that has got good uh, erudability that's uh, maybe you can plant this or do that or build a factory there and then with the support from both uh, sort of this intergovernmental collaborative effort that there' be these um alignment to the to the to the local economic plan and growth plan um and so even earlier all the sort of the product value chain um, um sort of success stories and examples um those are Generally decided at the national level, and then when they go about uh, choosing where to put the factory, for example, that they will uh, that they will engage then local, regional, local governments uh, to obviously uh, to sort out those uh, issues with, to do with land rights, uh, to do with the environment, and the roads, and and all sorts of those, uh, those uh, sort of complementary requisites. Um, uh, for, for that uh, as the, uh, that sort of growth initiative to t- take hold to, to take root. Um, so in terms of DDM, um, the idea is right? It's basically trying to be that good intermediary between, or intermediate uh, between you know, national and local um, so that it makes it more manageable. Um, however, I think the only concern I think from the FFC perspective, Uh, And also through research is that not long ago, 2016, I believe it was, uh, that our research shows that even this district has got different uh, sort of uh, color to it in the sense that if you see a district municipality near a metro, right, uh, something with uh, uh, people in scale, um, then district municipalities don't really have much of a function. However, when the district is near or, you know, uh, or uh, sort of, you know, uh, including or comprised, you know, within it, the local rural local municipalities or municipalities that are uh, local municipalities that are not well capacitated, then district municipality does have a a positive effect uh, and and function uh, to, um, to support the local municipalities, um, so so I think uh, the 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 DDM just need, uh, needs to take that uh, needs to into consideration. Um, it's not it cannot be a one size fits all approach uh, of the DDM. Um, and uh, for instance, not all municipalities, or local municipalities, um, should perhaps you know have a, um, have a, have a clothing factory, for example. It depends. It depends on if you are close to the ports, if you are exporting, importing, or if you are uh, close to, you know, some, uh, uh, um, you know, uh, uh, the the supply source and the demand uh, at destination of uh, for those goods. Um, so, honorable chair, um, I hope that answers
2: the
11: uh, question. Thank you so much, Chen. Um, uh... oh.
2: I'm uh, not sure
7: if there are, if there are any further hands. Yes, uh, uh, Dr. Mbav, I wanted to, to talk uh, just uh, one minute about the ERP plan that uh, Honorable Muteliz was asking about, if it's okay. Uh, go ahead, Namonde, it's fine. Okay, thank you. Uh, the, the ERP plan, uh, Honorable you you ask if municipalities get it or don't get it My answer to to that will be currently the inability of municipalities to maintain and manage their infrastructure uh, contribute to their municipal service delivery failures. And if this is not addressed, then the ERP plan will take time to to effect. As I've indicated that the infrastructure grants, the a plethora of them, the capacity grants, There are a plethora of them. We are of the view as FFC that these reviews currently taking place at Treasury with Salka, they they will uh, come up with, with positive implementation in terms of how we go about it because it has been established that these are the reasons why things are failing the capacity system at local government how how should it be done or how should it be addressed so we are hoping these reviews will come uh, will bring that to light so that these infrastructure grants that are currently uh, not working or underperforming whether they are in the indirect component or is due to municipalities not able to 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 spend on these these reviews will will bring light to that because if they don't, then uh, uh, ERP being used as an infrastructure infrastructure lead for economic growth and employment, it, it will uh, take time to materialize. Thank you. Uh,
2: thank you so much, Uh, uh Those are our comments, uh, Honourable Chairperson. Uh, I would like to hand back to you.
1: Thank you so much, uh, Dr. Mbava, and the commissioners and, 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 and the team. Uh, before I, I, I let you go, um, um, let, let me agree that the question of procurement and the, the concord finding is, is, is creating a, a, an, an issue in the procurement space, and uh, um, it may have even an impact. Uh, when it comes to spending at the end of the of the financial year but my my reading was that uh, uh, the the concord finding there are no issues with the, the triple pfa uh, there were issues with regulations uh, 20, of of 2017 emanating from the triple pfa and and the uh and the court was saying that those regulations are not in line with triple pfa is like rewriting uh, uh, <clears throat> It's like rewriting an act which is a function of of of, of Parliament not of uh, uh, the the executive but that's 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 my reading uh, I'm sure you are your legal people will also uh, 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 have an opinion on 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 that it was more about uh, regulations but having said that uh here's the 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 bad course uh, uh, to uh, to to FFC and um, because of its impact of the public procurement bill impact on what we 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 are also trying to do as as government to use public procurement as 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 a transformative tool um <clears throat> we would 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 like you to look into that into in, into the public procurement bill and and see whether it it, it, it as it stands, uh, it it talks to what we are trying to do, amongst many other things. Uh, but that one is very important for us. That uh, of the monies that we um, <clears throat> we appropriate as Parliament, that we we also wanted to use it as a tool. We always say that uh, to transform uh, the the uh, the economy to deal with the questions of of the, especially of inequality uh, uh, in, in in our country. I w- I would like. Dr. Mbava and 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 your team to look to look into that, because we'll we'll be inviting National Treasure to talk into those things. So when we we, we invite them, we also would like to hear what uh, what your take uh, is. Then uh, allow me to to thank FFC uh, uh, team for the presentation, but uh, particularly also to thank the, the commissioners, Dr. Mbava, uh, we are always having commissioners in our present in our presentations, and that is, is highly appreciated by uh, by by the committee. Not just having them, but them also making very valuable uh, 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 inputs and, and enriching the uh, <clears throat> the discussions in, the, in 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 the committee. That is very much appreciated, and obviously with the 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 team of researchers, um, they've also been uh, very much uh, helpful so uh thank you very much I, I think we'll be meeting when we deal with the uh with the appropriations uh, 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 bill. Thank you very much. you can remain on the platform uh we are a transparent uh, committee or if you have got work that you think you must go and do now, you are excused. We are going to the Thanks next so much. yeah we are going to the next agenda item uh honourable members the the minutes of the 2nd of March 2022. They have been sent to us, and uh, I take it that we have read them. Do I have uh, the, the mover for the adoption of the minutes?
11: Matafa,
0: I move, Chair. Honorable Matafa moves. um Lenzana,
8: seconds, Chair.
1: Honorable Mlensana seconds. Thank you very much, honorable members. So, the minutes of the 2nd of March 2022 are duly
0: ad- 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 adopted. Next agenda item any announcements from you, uh, Darren? No, nothing, nothing from my side. Um,
3: mm-hmm. nothing, nothing from my side. Just a reminder next week, Tuesday, Saga will brief the committee on the 2022 Division of Revenue Bill.
1: Thank you so much, Darren. Honorable members, thank you very much to you. I I think we had a good engagement with FFC and the issues around local government. I think we're still going to persist with them because we, as we have said, that if we don't get them right there, uh, will be, um, an, an issue so i think we should retire to raise these uh, these issues and uh, make sure that there is some uh, uh, forward movement uh, as far as they are concerned All members this brings us to the end of the meeting and uh, the, the the meeting uh, is adjourned thank you very much thank
8: you Thank you,
1: Thank you. Eh, thanks, chairperson. Bye. No one
8: extends Thanks, chair. Thank
0: you. Uh, thanks, <laughs>